Let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks in the NFL. Look back at 2021. What can we learn about 2022? And we may find the next superstar quarterback in the NFL. We're looking at average depth of target and completion percentage from last year with the quarterbacks getting into Matt Williamson's ever-growing off-season spreadsheet on this edition of Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day we're talking quarterbacks today, Matt, and uh, I, I love it when you send me uh, an email with one of your spreadsheets in it. Hey, <laughs> it is, and it's something we've we've looked at in the past. Um, it's fun this year, I think, with the added rookie quarterbacks from last year on it. It's a dot average depth of target and completion percentage. You know, to you know, everybody knows completion percentage. It's an easily digestible statistic for uh, anybody who's not necessarily a uh, an analytics driven mind or an an analytics driven football fan and average depth of target is, you know, uh, it speaks for itself. It's how, how far down the field are you, are you targeting your receivers on average in the NFL? Right. And so I think there's something to be gained by the, the quarterbacks by learning which quarterbacks are more dangerous, right? Like they're, they're, they're making higher level, lower completion percentage throws down the field. And then what that completion percentage ends up looking like for these quarterbacks. Yeah. hundred percent. And I know I did this show last year we did this, and I think I did it the year before. And again, I am not a stats guru. I'm not a math major. But I, t- I found every average depth of target, and you described that well. Again, that's not your average completion. You know, That's where you're targeting the football, whether it's caught or not. What happens after the catch doesn't matter. Where you're throwing the football. And completion percentage, as you mentioned. And I just combined them. I, I multiplied the two together. And I think it's really telling. So here's my suggestion how we do the show is the first segment. I want to talk about the ADOT guys, best and worst, and kind of buzz through why. I think the why is really important. Segment two, do the same with completion percentage. And then segment three, when you combine the two, maybe we can learn some stuff. Absolutely. I love that. So uh, now that that's been set up, let's get started. Uh, Who stands out to you in category one? Okay. So let's start with the low average depth of targets. Jared Goff was the lowest in the league. You say worst, but what I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean worse, but it's not also a ring endorsement that you're a wonderful player. Ball is coming out quick and short. That needs change to me, you know, drastically with the line that they've built. Well, I think the lions have realized this. What did they do? They go get a speedster in DJ Chark and an even speedier speedster in Jamison Williams. So, Goff's, I mean, a lot of short throws to St. Brown, Hawkins, and Swift. And he's conservative by nature. But that dot has to rise. They're planning on it. Maybe it's for the quarterback after him. My man Ben is second, and there's just really no defense here. He was shot, couldn't defend himself in the pocket. Ball had to come out. Offensive line didn't help his cause a ton either. But this is on Ben just being old. That number is going to raise, rise for the Steelers, I have no doubt in my mind. Two is sort of in the same boat as Goff to me. He's next shortest. A lot of throws at or behind the line of scrimmage. Get it out fast to Waddle. RPO, RPO. In his defense, 
He's great at it, first of all. I mean, he's a very good RPO quarterback. And their line may have been the worst in the league. So are they planning on stretching the field more? I would hope so. It's a new scheme. It's going to be more Niner-like, you know. So you've called two of, what, the Jimmy of the South or something like Uh, that. The left-handed Jimmy. Yeah, Yeah. the (laughs) left-handed Jimmy, right. And Jimmy's name's going to pop up here soon, too. Matt Ryan is the next shortest ADOT. I don't want to lump him with Ben because I don't think Ryan's done. And I think he's going to have some good times ahead of him in Atlanta. But I think there's a little of that diminishing arm strength, not as excited about getting hit anymore. Terrible situation in Atlanta. So, you know, we'll see where he's at. I think he's at a career crossroads. The next two I'm going to lump together, Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, low a dot. I'm not sure I blame them though. I mean, they're younger quarterbacks, especially Mills in his rookie year. Bad lines, bad weapons, bad teams, playing from behind a lot. You know, I mean, people teeing off in them in the pass rush. I think you want to get those numbers up, but I think those guys are similar. This next guy is going to blow people away. Yeah. It's Pat Pat Mahomes. Because every year I've done this, he's at the high end of the spectrum. And I don't think it has anything to do with Mahomes. I just think that every defense decided – we can't let this guy throw 60 yards downfield to Tyreek Hill anymore. We're going to make him dink and dunk and be patient. And it showed up with some warts with Mahomes. He, you know, he is not the most patient guy in the world. He's a true gunslinger. So a very low dot. So what does Kansas City do in return? Well, we have some salary cap issues. We're going to move on from Hill before he's not worth anything. And we'll give Patty a variety of things to throw to, you know, maybe in the intermediate and short as well, but there's always going to be a matchup. I like now you can't just focus on two guys. So, uh, you know, these teams understand these things, you know, like I said, with, with golf going deep and things like that, this next one, and I'm almost done with the, the bottom a dots is Sam Darnold. And I really can't defend this guy anymore because of all those guys I listed, we'll get the completion percentage in a minute. None of them were at the top of the spectrum or the bottom of the spectrum in terms of completion percentage. You would think they'd be really high in completion percentage because you're throwing short, but these also weren't a stellar list of names Mahomes decide. But Darnold, not only was he at the bottom of the league in dot, he was also in the bottom of the league in completion percentage. Like, yeah. it, statistically, any analytic you use on Darnold for his entire career is really like the worst in the league. It, it's getting harder and harder to defend Sam Darnold despite his draft yeah. position, and he has some physical gifts, obviously, but it's not such wow physical gifts that he can overcome being so inefficient as a quarterback. And there was a right. few good games at the beginning of the season, and then it just kind of all fell apart, and obviously he got hurt too, which was part of it last year. Um, but, yeah, you're when you're a below 60% passer in the NFL and you're bottom third in the league in average depth of target, what, right. what's going on there? Because it's not sustainable in the league this in, in that. And he's there every year. I mean, you can only blame surroundings for so long and all those things. Uh, Last guy at the bottom is your dude, Jimmy, that I want to mention. His ADOT's slightly higher than this bottom, you know, uh, quarter. But his completion percentage is near the top of the league, which totally adds up. I'm sure that doesn't shock you. Yeah, 68.3% completion percentage for Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't shock me at all, even though he uh, throws too many interceptions. Mm -hmm. Um, He lives in a, you know, in 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 a tight window. He lives a tight window life the way he throws intermediate and um, seven and a half yards depth of target. What's amazing about Jimmy G he was one of the highest quarterbacks in 
um, yards per completion in the NFL because of how good his catch, yeah. group is, is, is after the catch and the best in the league and, and Debo and the best tight end in the league after the catch in George Kittle. So that's fascinating too, where he's um, you know, he's not at the bottom bottom as far as a dot goes because he, he doesn't check the ball down a lot. Everything's I, I call him aggressively intermediate. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> those check downs that, that really make it make that a dot come down. Um, but he's really helped out a lot after the catch and the high completion percentage. That's the way the offense is designed for him. But yeah, you're right. The one that really is shocking is Patrick Mahomes. And, sure. and I, so it's interesting that they didn't say, okay, we if teams are going to force us to, they said, if the teams are going to force us to throw short, we're going to be better at throwing short. Exactly. Right. Which is kind of like, they didn't try to fight it. They're like, okay, we'll be better at that then. I'm not going to throw into the teeth of the defense and do what they want yeah. me to do. So we'll accept it. Probably run the ball a little bit more. Patty, just reel it in. We don't need you to be Superman. But if the play extends to three seconds, three and a half seconds, look out. You know, I mean, he's still going to light you up with some big plays. Last nugget before we get to the top ADOC guys, you mentioned Jimmy after the catch. And this is a little unrelated to what we're doing here. But I don't mention this enough on the podcast. I very much believe sacks and after the catch numbers are also quarterback stats. They're not necessarily O-line or receiving stats. And of course, I know the Niners is designed that way, but you have to be accurate in order to get good at after the catch stats. You can you can help that for sure. Absolutely. No, the guy in stride, Bill Walsh. Yeah, I mean, guys, for the number, it, you know, right. Yeah, throwing it before the guy breaks, throwing it into the right part of the window, throwing Timing. it to the right shoulder. Yeah, and so the, there is some of that. Not all of it is on the quarterback, but um, – there is definitely a portion of that that is on the quarterback for sure. The accuracy and, and knowing where to go and knowing the offense is, is huge in that regard. Yep. Did you buy, speaking of Tua here in this, and Tua was right at seven yards average depth of target and a nice 67.8 completion percentage there, you know, similar sort of formula to Jimmy G, a little bit lower in both of those categories. But um, were you surprised to hear Tyreek Hill's comments about Tua being even more accurate maybe than, than his old quarterback in Patrick Mahomes? I don't know that Tyreek's thrilled about the whole move, you know, and I think he's a little sour and I don't know that his opinion matters to me at all, considering his background, to be very honest with you. Um, but he's wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to is better than Mahomes. At. I actually like it from the standpoint of he's, he was trying to defend his quarterback. I like that too. And there was that, there was that social media post by the dolphins where, where Tua throws kind of a duck and just dies and, but it's in slow motion it's one of those yeah. where it's like hey cool we have training camp or we have ota footage and the social media manager puts it out there and then the fans just crush him he's like well he had to wait up for it. it's a bad throw you should have used a different throw for that you know even though it was pretty in slow motion and everything and it was a long completion and uh, but it was really cool to see tyree hill defend his quarterback right away after that too and he made his own cut up of good throws from Tua, from practice, from OTAs. So he's defending his guy. That's the way I look at it. And, and I kind of like mm -hmm. that aspect of it for from, from, you know, a star receiver trying to help out a young quarterback. And, and I guess that's a form of leadership. And, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm all in on the Dolphin train. So cool. I mean, and he's a tremendous player as well. Um, so let's get to the top A dots. Are we taking a break? You tell me. You're the you're yeah, yeah. driving it's, ship it's here. It's time to break here. Then okay. we'll get to the top of the A dots. We'll talk completion percentage and how we bring some of these together and then look at uh, – I'm fascinated by those rookie quarterbacks from 2021 going It's in interesting, yeah. Th those are some fun numbers as well. That is coming up next. I want to tell the folks about – bet online you can bet on the next breakout player who's is there a surprise mvp from that rookie class of quarterbacks last year you can find some really good odds on that at betonline.net your number one source for 
all your betting needs and sports information. All the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, not just wagering at Bet Online, but of course, you can find a ton of NFL futures. Uh, who's going to win rookie of the year, offensive, defensive player of the years, coaches of the years, who the next coach is, is going to be fired. You can bet on whether or not Gronk is going to come back. Matt, have you seen the new boxing match, the celebrity boxing match that's coming between a couple of uh, former, not officially retired NFL running backs? They're not that far removed from their career. We saw Frank Gore do it with the next NBA player last year. And now Le'Veon Bell against Adrian Peterson. And oh, wow. Yeah, I'm betting on Peterson to beat up anybody. And see, I am too, but Peterson's the underdog here. He's seven years older. Is maybe that it? Their height and weight, pretty close with these guys. Uh, he's a super freak. Yeah, I'll bet on Peterson against anybody. Just strong hands, too. Everyone talks oh, about his yeah. handshake, so that worries me. So you can get underdog odds on Adrian Peterson at Bet Online with that celebrity box. MMA, uh, golf. Of course, Major League Baseball all summer long. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. So get over to the website today, desktop or mobile device, to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out everything else the network has to offer. I'm hosting Locked On 49ers. You're not a 49ers fan. That's okay. Your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. No matter the sport, Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football right here on the network. And make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL channel. That is the home of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show on YouTube, as well as Locked On NFL and a ton of other great stuff. Matt, do you know any background on this? Does Le'Veon Bell maybe work out as a boxer in the offseason, so he's got a leg up there? No insight whatsoever on Love Bell with that, except for he's an eccentric dude. He thinks he's a rapper, et cetera. He has other interests. But Peterson, I mean, he's one of the few high school players during those four years I only did recruiting that I thought, I don't think he really needs college. I remember watching Adrian yeah. Peterson in high school. Go Google that. That's unbelievable. He's oh, going to yeah. win that fight. I don't know what kind of boxer. Either one is. Adrian Peterson's going to win that fight. He's he's just the type of guy that will be able to take a punch, has strong hands. He's and a super deliver one. He'll be able to walk through a wall. Yeah, I don't care how old he is. You know, it doesn't. He's too freaky. Yeah. All right, A dot. Uh, A dot. Here we go. We are at the high end now of the depth of target in the NFL. Yep. Those low guys were right around seven, slightly above. The two bad ones or the lowest ones were Goff at 6'4, Ben at 6'7. So think about that. Russell Wilson's number one at 9.9 yards downfield, and Justin Fields is second at 9.8. That's like 50% further downfield per throw than the bottom guys. So I think my man, Luke gets, he's going to get fields a lot more layups, you know, and, and uh, I, I steal this, this from Nate Tice. He calls Justin Fields a big game hunter and, he, and he's an aggressive downfield thrower. Well, it's time to reel a little of that in and get this guy some easier throws too, but he certainly isn't bashful about pushing the ball down the field. And we know Wilson's an elite deep thrower as well. It's interesting because my comp for Justin Fields coming out of college was Russell Wilson. I thought there mm. was similarities to their game. Both played some baseball in their past. Yeah. Both like to buy time and then make the big throw and have that accuracy to throw that deep ball. 
And you see that from both quarterbacks. So it's interesting to see Justin Fields after year one at number two. And I think part of watching a lot of that Bears offense last year, similarly to what I was talking about with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's not a lot of layup throws built in in the 49ers offense where you're just dumping it off and checking it down. There was not enough of that in the Bears offense. Not at all. Justin Fields, he was trying to force stuff in and they were running like these hooks all day long. So he's throwing at the sticks kind of. And it was just it was a bad offense for him. So I just think obviously going into year two is huge for a quarterback, but getting a new offense, it just wasn't good for him in Chicago. So I know the talent isn't around him, so that might hurt, but I think there's no chance that he's not just a better pure quarterback next year. I 100% agree. The talent around him isn't tremendous, line, receivers, etc. But when people say, man, the scheme really didn't help or the coaching staff didn't help Fields last year, this is sort of proof. I mean, if you're at the top of the league in ADOT, despite not having a good line, maybe scheme needs adjusted. Absolutely, 100%. And Russell Wilson, it's going to be fun to see how that works in Denver. It, mm-hmm. He might get over 10. Uh, 10 he might, right. He might, he might go up. That, that little air, too. A little extra air under the ball with the, right, think with of that. Air, the altitude. I was just thinking a better line. Oh, right. Yeah, better line. And a, and a ton of good receivers still, too. So he's, he's got a, a nice group to be thrown to in uh, in Denver. So rounding out the, the, the highest ADOTs in the league last year, Lamar Jackson, 9-3. It helps to be athletic and buy times because you may have three or four more throws that are late in the down. But Baltimore is a deep passing attack. At least they were. Now they traded Marquise Brown. Are they looking at this going, maybe we need to bring his dot down a little bit here too, make him some safer throws to tight ends. Um, Jalen Hurts is next, which makes sense. I'm envisioning a lot of play action, run, 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 play action, take a shot, you know. Um, Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford round out the deepest A dots in the league. Um, I'm not sure what to exactly make of Mayfield. Good line, not great weapons, not a bad deep thrower when healthy, was rarely healthy. Um, and of those guys with the high A dots, as you would imagine, three of them also have low uh, accuracy percentages, and that's Fields, Hurts, Mayfield. I have a lot of thoughts on the rest of that group. First of okay. all, Justin Fields and Russell Wilson are so far out ahead. With right. Not Way higher. Crazy. And even Lamar Jackson, and he's not throwing the same percentage, but um, you know, pretty high. But it's clear th- the, where the offense was with some of those guys in buying time. And so um, uh, you can really see what that correlation is. Matthew Stafford, that one's not a surprise at all. No. The one that stands out to me here. And that's why the- Goff's in Detroit and Stafford's with the Rams. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's why the trade was made, folks, because look at the difference in ADOTs. Right. And and not, not a worse complete. Actually, exact same completion percentage now that I look at. 60, oh, really? Okay. 0.2 completion percentage, yet he's just attempting two yards further per pass. Degree okay. of difficulty is way higher. Right. Um, Baker Mayfield. This one really stands out to me because – Obviously, he had a tough season. He was hurt last year, yeah. so it might have skewed the numbers. But Baker Mayfield is a big game hunter, to to use that phrase from Nate Tice. Thank he you is. Much. Good one. I like that. And I don't think that West Coast offense for Stefanski necessarily fits Baker Mayfield that much. That's why I think the, the fit in Seattle is so much better. Run the ball, play action, let him get the ball down the field, much like Russell Wilson. Yeah, and what did. was Wilson's number? High. You know, right. right. Good exactly. point. That's, that's how Baker Mayfield is wired. He wants to take shots. Uh, you know, running two tight ends and and – uh, I just don't think that's the best fit for Baker Mayfield. So I, I like a an angry, something to prove, chip on his shoulder, healthy Baker Mayfield going somewhere like Seattle. I, I think that's going to be really good for And I think any of these teams that, that still have bad starting quarterbacks, 
I don't know how you're not trying to get a basically free Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, 100%. We had a great conversation about it yesterday. We talked about it a lot. This really backs up what you said about his fit in Cleveland schematically versus Seattle. Uh, Good analysis for sure. You know, like fantasy-wise, as late as DK and Lockett are going, if they get Mayfield, I'm scooping those guys up left and right. Oh, yeah. And DK wasn't bad with Geno Smith. So uh, DK Metcalf, I was looking at some – some ADPs, and I was shocked how low DK Metcalf was. I'm buying that all day long. I don't care who his quarterback is. I'm, yeah. I'm buying it at that price, yeah. Completion percentages. This one's not as big of a conversation to me, but some of these, you mentioned it off the air. Like, it, 60% used to be really good, you know, and people drove the field down the field more. There were more seven-step drops. But if you're not at 60%, that's a big-time red flag. But the names you would expect are at the bottom of the league, and a lot of them are rookies or young. I mean, Zach Wilson was worse, the worst at 55.6% by a wide margin. I mean, Fields was next at 58.9%. So, I mean, Wilson's completion percentage is alarmingly bad. The other bad ones, Lawrence, Darnold, as mentioned, Mayfield, Hurts. At least Fields, Mayfield, Hurts have high ADOTs. Darnold has the red across the board, bad a dot, bad completion percentage. And even the a dot for Zach Wilson was sort of on the lower end. It wasn't at the bottom, but it wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't high either seven, six, which means when you combine those Zach Wilson's rookie year was pretty much a disaster. And uh, which was, you know, kind of par for the course, which was the case with Trevor Lawrence. It was the case with, um, with Justin Fields, like those rookie seasons were pretty bad. And so there's so much room for them to improve, especially when you look at guys like Fields, who the A dot was so high, right? You bring that down a little bit, give them some layups. And um, I'm excited to see this group of second year quarterbacks. 100%. Um, two other little nuggets low completion percentages, but not alarmingly low were Wentz and Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's not foolproof. He had a pretty high A dot, not amongst the best, but a pretty high A dot, 8 2. Um, he was not Superman all 17 games of the year last year. I mean, I love him, but he was he, he had some ups and downs last year. Let's combine ADOT and completion percentage. Let's, real quick, Matt. I want to do the, the top completion percentage guy. Oh, we haven't gotten to those yet? Wait, yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Let's see how much time we got. Okay, uh, let's get to the top completion percentage next, and then we'll t- we'll talk about when you combine these, who's, yep, at the, yep, yep. who's at the high end, who's at the low end. Uh, coming up right now on Peacock and Williamson. Okay, yeah, let's get to that. Let's get to that high-end completion percentage now for uh, NFL quarterbacks in 2021. We had one player who stood out that hit that 70% mark. Joe Burrow. I mean, we knew he was highly accurate coming out of school. He took a lot of sacks. His line wasn't great. He's got great weapons, but amazing accuracy. And I think that's going to be his calling card in a Drew Brees-like fashion for his whole career. I was shocked at this next guy, Kyler Murray. I I don't think he gets nearly the credit he deserves of just a pure passer. I think he's an exceptional passer of the football. Aaron Rodgers is next. Probably nobody shocked by that. Dak Prescott after that, you know, which considering the injuries he fought through and the inconsistencies he had, I think is noteworthy. And then Derek Carr and we mentioned Garoppolo. Those guys are all over 68%. So pretty strong. Absolutely. And Joe Burrow, over eight yards yeah. per target, over 70% passer. 
you get your star receiver going into year two, another year of that offense sort of gelling, better offensive line, right? Like yep. the sky's the limit for Joe Burrow. Like that's he this guy could be scary good if there's still more there because he's already at a level that took his team to the Super Bowl. And, and think about 365 days ago, we were saying Man, I hope Burrow's over that bad knee injury. How's he going to be? Yeah. You, know, you know, right. That, I mean, he, no one talked about that for very long. Yeah, and another year removed from that. I'm sure he feels a lot better this training camp than he did last year. 100%. 100%. So you want to get to the combines? I'm sure some people can figure some out, but yeah. they're okay. Here are the worst. Zach Wilson's terrible. <laughs> I mean, awful completion percentage, not a great A dot. Terrible. Jared Goff, again, worst A dot in the league. Okay completion percentage. Ben is really bad as well. Bad A dot, not a great completion percentage. Darnold, as mentioned, is in the bad column for both. Uh, give him a break and not harp on him too bad. Daniel Jones isn't much better. And Trevor Lawrence isn't much better than that either. Completion percentage was a bigger problem than A dot. So those are the bad ones. Daniel but- Jones is just a little, it looks like his career is on the path of being a year behind Sam Darnold. Um, he, he had 5% higher or 4% higher completion percentage is basically where he was mm-hmm. and, and very similar results to, to Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. And again, make or break a year for him. Maybe the new scheme and the Buffalo offense and all that stuff will help him. There's something to work with, but, um, going down the Darnold path, I think is pretty well said. So, um, again, I think it's pretty telling, you know, of what was asked of these guys and how they performed. And here are the best. Are we good for wrap it up with these guys? Yeah, let's do it. By a pretty wide margin, Russell Wilson was number one. I mean, we knew he was the highest A dot, but when you combine those two, when you multiply them, he's leading the league by a pretty wide margin. Uh, Lamar Jackson was next, and there was a stretch there. Lamar was in the MVP conversation and, and he crumbled a little bit. Some schematic stuff against the, the, the Ravens started to pop up. He didn't handle blitz as well. And he's going to have to adjust to that. And then injuries set in. Um, Justin Fields is next, but you had a really good point that when you multiply a dot times completion percentage, my formula probably favors the high a dot guys a little bit more than it should. But I think that's still promising for Fields because he was amongst the worst in completion percentage. But um, yeah. but especially since highest, we second highest in ADOT. And we had talked about how much higher Fields and Wilson were at, with their ADOT versus the other. So they yeah. were skewed higher um, than the completion percentages are skewed, right? So they're, you know, yeah. it, that, that's why Fields and Wilson skew up even higher when you combine them because their ADOTs were that much of a percentage higher than, than completion were versus, you know, some of the top few guys. hundred percent. But even if they cut a yard off his a dot and got his completion percentage up to 63%, which would be the middle of the league, it's still ranked pretty high here. So I think fields is also a very underrated passer of the football. The last two guys at the top probably won't shock anyone. Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champ, Joe Burrow, as you mentioned, also had a very good A dot, but the best completion percentage. Just outside that group was Derek Carr, Kyler Murray. You know, so um, I, I think this sells a lot, though. Absolutely, it does. Um, how much work those rookies needed to do, Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields in particular, um, 
the 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 head scratcher is was Zach Wilson because his depth of target was so low too. So it would seem that they tried to get him layup throws and his completion percentage is only fifty five percent. So yeah, that right. is just a disaster season for and I think for Zach Wilson way more so than than especially Fields and Lawrence. It was just adjusting to his opponents. You know, he he was able to just be clean have fun, go out there, wing it, didn't get his jersey dirty on Saturdays right in college. And he showed up and he's like, okay, my team's not better than everyone else. These <laughs> guys are fast. This is scary. This is this is insane, right? That, that, that was a big leap for Zach Wilson and his style of play in college. So um, I think it's different in where he's going to gain, but I think there's a lot of potential gain for him as well. But he's got a lot further to go, I think, because he had some easier throws built in that maybe Lawrence and Fields didn't have. Yeah, and a little concerning thing about him is he didn't deal with pressure, although there was very little of it at the college level very well. And we didn't see a lot of instances have, of him having to deal with things not going right. But I also think, first of all, his, his, his season was a disaster. But post-injury, when he came back, he was a little better. I, I, the ball came out a little cleaner. It looked like his reads were quicker. He looked more comfortable. So there was some improvement at the end of the season. Another big one here I'm a little surprised about is the big-armed quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Their dot was much lower than I expected, and maybe that's just because their offenses run a little bit more efficiently and they don't have to survive on the big throws, but when they need it, it's all there. And I think a big reason of that is if we were to talk about defensive scheme um, tendencies lately, you're getting in the Chiefs were the best example we talked about earlier. A lot more cover two, a lot more lighter boxes, you know, where Mayfield might not get that. You know, Nick Chubb is goal number one of the opposing defenses. Also, Lamar, who had a high depth of target. People are focusing on the run against those two teams, where I really think Herbert's in his class now, too, but especially Mahomes, Allen. We can't let him beat us over the top. Absolutely. Good stuff. I love a Matt Williamson spreadsheet, a dot and completion percentage today. I think there's a lot to learn from that. And it puts last year into perspective and uh, it gets me excited to watch these guys this year and how much things change and yeah. the adjustments to the adjustments, which is so important, especially for the quarterback position in the NFL. Yep. And of course, these teams are studying this as well. You know, Detroit's a perfect example. We can't be the lowest team in a dot in the league. We're going to get some speedsters and Jared, if you're not going to let it fly, we'll find somebody that does. Fantastic stuff. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out everything else on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, which is also the home of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend that their team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. No matter the sport, Matt and I back tomorrow. We're actually talking Packers tomorrow. We've got the host of Locked On Packers Peter Bukowski joining us so we can talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and what that offense is going to look like without Devontae Adams. All that coming up tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.